Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast. If you don't already, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcast. Don't forget, NumbBillsFan.com has all of our content. Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast. This is episode number 124. I am your host, David Palermo. I just got back from the first day of Buffalo Bills training camp. And I'm pretty stoked to talk about it. First impressions right out the gate. Um, But before I get into that, I will be letting you know. uh, Check out numbillsfan.com. All the previous podcasts are up there. There are podcasts on your feed. Subscribe to iTunes or subscribe to numbillsfan podcast on your iTunes feed, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, wherever you find podcasts. If you don't know how to do it. You can actually send me a message, and I will tell you how to subscribe personally, uh, what the best channel, most efficient way to get these podcasts is, and I could even deflect you towards other great podcasts like CoverOne.net, which is also a part of the network I'm a part of, which is called Grandstand Sports Network, which is a great radio station that's on the internet every Buddy involved has a time slot like the Rock Pile Report podcast will have a time slot. Um, I'll have a time slot. Um, great surprises in the works for who's a part of the network. So really stoked. It's getting underway. Uh, Grandstand Sports Network has, has boots on the ground at training camp. I mean, follow Kevin Masari on Twitter. Uh, Masari, however he pronounces it. I will actually be calling him in a minute. Hopefully he's still on to come on so uh, you'll know in a second um but don't forget to check out grandstand sports network and it's launching asap i believe um this coming monday if it's not up already check out grandstandsportsnetwork.com great stuff check out the hashtag best view in sports grandstand sports you want to see what's going on hit that hashtag also you already know instagram i'm super active i'm super active on twitter pretty active on facebook but facebook takes up a lot of batteries for me during the day and uh yeah it might be a cop out but uh then i get sucked in reading about opinions i don't really care so anyways at work facebook ain't that great for me but i do share a lot of stuff to our facebook page and i am active on facebook during the season as we all know so always tune in wherever you want to find the content if not hit me up on any channel i will personally get back to you asap appreciate all the love and support as always um things are looking bright i will be at camp this saturday and uh with the rest of the media so i'm pretty stoked to you know thank you to grandstand sports network for setting that up uh to have the opportunity and kevin was just down there today at camp and camp again just opened up uh lastly don't forget we're brought to you by punch drunk sports um punch drunk sports is a podcast network that uh it's actually a podcast that will now have a podcast network for comedians with podcasts about a sports team Numb bills fan podcast is the team that will be covering the buffalo bills the podcast that'll cover the bills so proud to be a part of it uh, the great Sam Tripoli, Ari Shafiro, Jason Tebow, they do a podcast called Punch Drunk Sports. Follow them on Twitter at Punch Drunk. If you like unfiltered sports talk of every topic, UFC especially, they uh, they know their stuff with that. 
Um, definitely jump on there. Check it out. Jason Tebow is hilarious. I'm on like a plank and lander about to fall off of it with the humor this guy comes up with out of nowhere. Um, and he's just free balling. And it's just, it's, it's not safe for work for me if you do scaffold work and stuff. So, um, also Ari Shafir, he just dropped the Netflix, a double special, which, uh, I don't want to last time that's happened. So Ari Shafir has a Netflix special out. That's pretty dope. Just saying. And he's on Punch Drunk Sports Podcast. And as always, Sandra, we just saw him in Syracuse a couple weeks ago. He is in Toronto this weekend. If you're listening right now, um, it is Thursday. He's in Toronto Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Shoot Sam Tripoli a follow at Sam Tripoli on Twitter. And same, you know, just find the guys. Look up Punch Drunk Sports and head over to punchdrunksports.com. Um, that network will be launching very, very soon. Should be really fun. So I'm going to try to call Kevin right now. Okay, so uh, after some trial and error, I got Kevin on the line, and uh, we got talking and forgot we were going to podcast. So hi, Kevin. Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm good. Where can we find Kevin on Twitter and everywhere else? Absolutely. As always, at Kevin Misery um, and obviously at Cover One. On Twitter as well would be our main handle, and now going forward we'll be at Grandstand Sports, so um, you can find us in a couple of spots. Nice. That sounds, uh, you know, pretty stoked to be a part of this Grandstand Sports thing. So, uh, how was it, Kevin? Tell tell people what you did today. So today we actually through Cover One and Grandstand we got credentialed. Um, so we were able to do everything that every other media source does, get access to player interviews, um, access on the field, access to do one-on-one interviews, access in press conferences, access to trainings and drills and, um, up close and personal to, to what people are doing in formation. So today was a big day for the the community and in, in our world, because generally, um, sources of our size don't get this kind of access so it was a big step in the right direction for uh media in general i believe to have more newer school thinking and and getting us on air um yeah and and i can't i i can't believe i mean i can believe it but i mean we said it to each other just sound like can you believe this this is i mean this is to me this is like taking down the wall in berlin like this is like kind of like a big deal for the world because absolutely like yeah it, it's a big change from you know not letting anyone in but the typical you know main media sources and, and and really reaching out to to new you know new viewers like we have a lot of we have a lot of we have a really good audience and people want to hear what we have to say but we're really and you know you'll start to see me get salty because we don't have access to the stuff that everyone else does so um, with that access now, we're able to actually give out better content and you know produce things that we'd never be able to do before. So, um, you know, just being able to listen to player interviews and, and, and listen to different um, strategies and, and hearing from the coach and GM and, you know, being able to walk right next to Kim Bagula, you know, things like that. You know, we have access to that kind of stuff now. And, you know, that's it's 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 a brand new world from when I first started back in, you know, call it 2009. Yeah, it's pretty it's uh it's pretty crazy. I, uh, I, today it has been like so incredible. I, I'm in the shower and I just started like screaming, like, holy shit. I'm going to be like able to like ask a question at a, like, they're letting me in the building. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, they do. And, whoa. You know, Saturday mornings, your turn. So, um, you get to, 
you know, I'll be I'll be there as well Saturday or excuse me, Friday tomorrow, um, based on when, you know, you guys are listening to this. But um, so I got to, you know, I'm, I'm Thursday, Friday or Thursday, Friday, and then I'm a couple days next week as well. So, you know, make sure you tune in and, you know, we are really able to give you really prime coverage now, not just what we're able to do off off the scenes. Yeah. And, and a couple of podcasts ago, uh, podcast 121, um, I just admitted to eating crow on the coaching staff with Rex Ryan. And it's like, if I was around the team and I could actually pick up on work habits and whatever, and people were flaring off, oh, the team's lazy, the team's lazy, oh, it's a typical Rex team. I could have actually confirmed that. If I would have known that Rob Ryan was running the defense, you know, we could have hinted that out there without, you know, vetting whoever said it. And that way the information is more accurate versus just haterade. You know, which is just like different, you know, because again, we don't, I don't, we're not Entercom or Viacom or these big companies. Like I got nothing to, to, you know, it's like amazing that like these, these people, they almost, it seems like they sell their soul for misinformation because it, it just like will pay the bills and you guys aren't even the ones getting the money. Like you're not making a hundred grand a year, are you? I don't know. Like, no, I mean, definitely you, not. You know, but- like. We're, we're still doing this, you know, out of, out of the goodness of our hearts to be able to continue to build a portfolio and, and do something we love. Like, that's the difference between when we're standing there, Dave, and when someone else is. We're there because we want to be there and it's a passion and we want it. This is this is what we want to be doing. Other people are there for paychecks. So um, to be able to get the kind of information that out now everyone else has, we're able to deliver better content back to, you know, our listeners and our viewers. And, you know, in Eric's case at Cover One, you know, he can break down analysis now with press conferences and he can chop those things in. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really big step forward. I think to the whole community now that, um, you know, we are able to, to be their training camp and be just as viable as another media source. I would, I would be honest with you too. Um, you know, and not for nothing, you're talking about, you know, if you want to gloss, not, not, you know, I, I want to stay humble here, but we've all kind of worked very diligently at this for a bit. And it's like, it's usually year around year round content Yep. from cover one from, I know from me, I could say that, uh, year round content from you and other people you came up with. And it's not like, like, I'm not, I don't want to be at camp to have the show. Like I just see these guys and it's like, I don't even know what they're paying attention. It's like high five party club. And I'm like, okay. You know, but it is what it is. Um, you know, I'm not going to judge, but it's like, I, I really want to see, like, what's going on. Like, yep. you, you're going to hear things on the field. You're going to hear all the, it, it, it's like, I just want to be in tune with it. Um, so very stoked to do that and represent Grandstand Sports Network. So uh, thanks to everybody involved with that. Um, but so let's dive right into it, man. Um, I'll, I'll let you know. I just went to camp with uh, my friend Tim Avery. We just were on the podcast the other day, uh, 123, Tim and I. Well, Timmy. Uh, Tim's a great dude. Love Tim. So just some notes I had real quick. Um, so I'll end on where I want to start, if that's cool with you. So definitely a Tyrod to O'Leary connection. I call it the raw dog chemistry. Uh, they seem to be on the same page. Um, Preston Brown looks pretty damn athletic and, and instinctive out there. Let's, that's one that I would like to go in second. Um, now, Tim Avery goes, Jordan Johnson running with his hair on fire. 
And I thought that was the case, too. And if there's one theme overall, which I'd love to start, is, dude, this hard work is not baloney. It, 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 they're, they're running between drills. It reminds me of, honestly, being in a wrestling practice. Um, yep. it, it, it's up tempo, boom, boom, boom. This did not look like, hey, you know, we're just going to break into guys. We're going to get everybody going. No, no, no. These guys knew what the hell they were doing right off the bat. They were rushing into the drills. There was not much teaching going on, and I mean that in a positive way. It didn't seem like there needed to be. Like, to, uh, am I out of my mind, Kevin? You're right there. I thought the shit was together. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I, I've never been to a camp under Dick Duran, Chan Gailey, um, and Rex Ryan. Uh, I, I've never been to a camp that, you know, flowed as smoothly like they knew exactly what they were doing they were getting the first team the second team the third team in like it, it was remarkable to see so um you know it, it was a really good a really good change from past where it was kind of like they were lollygagging there were injuries one thing of note that i did, I did notice today was everyone looked full strength um it looked it, it was interesting to see no huge injuries uh, in the offseason, normally we come to camp and I get a report of seven players that are on, on a PUP list. You know, today was just, you know, one minor injury with a backup safety. So um, I think that that goes to the offseason uh, regimen they were doing. And, you know, Nate Geary and I were talking a lot about just how much faster it looked and uh, how much more clean practice was running in general. And um, they were getting in a lot of different things, not just like the same segment for 30 minutes. So there, there was a lot of a lot to take away from it. Um, actually, I got to talk to Micah Hyde, um, and he told me that he personally loved the schedule and it was a player-friendly schedule. And when they got to talk about it and see the schedule for training camp, that uh, we're happy with the way it turned out with the timing and uh, the morning practices before it gets too hot and not too many practices. So um, the players definitely, you know, the first thing Micah Hyde said was, and, and you know, I'll put up his interview as I have it recorded, was, you know, McDermott's, you know, he's a hard coach to, to play for. He, he, he posts a hard practice, but at the same time, he's really player friendly. He's a, he's a player's coach. So um, it was really good to get up the close, you know, and hear, you know, Micah say that and, uh, you know, really puts it into perspective for me um, as I watched camp and um, keeping going on the defense, like I, I'll list off the starting defense real quick. So everyone listening can kind of, can kind of tune into that. It's, you know, you got Shaq Lawson, Barry Hughes, Kyle Williams, and Marcel Darius. Then you had Preston Brown actually starting at inside linebacker. You had Ramon Humber starting at your weak side linebacker. And um, you had um, Lorenzo Alexander actually in almost like a 4-3 overlook. So he might add a fifth player on the defensive line that's actually going after the quarterback. So that was interesting to see um, that formation. And then you had Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Trey White, and uh, Ronald Darby as your starters. So that leaves out Gerald Hodges and Reggie Ragland, who are two of our better linebackers. So there is some depth there on that defense and I thought they were flying around. So that would be my first real thought for everyone listening. Um, that defense looks in tip top shape. I did not mention, I did not notice many errors. I love me some Preston Brown. I'm sorry, man. I've been hammering the table. I am in love with the coach's son. I always call him the coach's son. I'm just going to make a shirt called Preston Brown coach's son. Resign okay. this guy now. I'm gonna say it like now. I know it's just a line. It's quote unquote just a linebacker to grow on trees, but like, man, Preston Brown is smart. Like you, it's like, just look at the instincts. And then, then you were saying also Shaq Lawson, the shape Shaq Lawson's in. Holy shit! Yeah, he's a monster. I got. I was standing right next to him. I'm like, this guy's not human. 
he doesn't look he he almost looks maybe I'm nuts, but at least in the picture, he looks more Mario Williams, less Marcel Darius. Yeah, he he's a monster, dude. He looks in great shape. He was moving well. He's actually, you know, everyone wants to talk about what to look out for, and he's the number one thing I'm looking out for, like how he's progressed. He's flying around. Um, he was sprinting down the field after trying to catch a tight end at one point. So um, it's it, it's been good to see his rehab happen. And I, between him and Reggie Ragland, we're basically getting a whole other draft class. I know, man. I am so stoked on this defense. Oh, and they're going out there. I get to see Leslie Frazier putting in work, and I'm yep. like, oh, man, like I like that. I, I just – it's like, dude, man, I wasn't even sure if I was going to do this damn podcast. And I'm like, right. Like, you know what I mean? Now I'm like, so I'm more stoked about the team than I think in a long time, just because the, it's putting up, man. There ain't, there ain't no attitude of like, Hey, we got the guys back. You know, we're right. just going to take a slow and slowly break in see what they can. Nah, nah, they're, they're, they're running. They're, they're running. They know where to be. They're competitive. Whatever way, at least for di- – I mean, dude, usually I fall asleep at these camps. I'm miserable as hell. It's really hot. I like that they move the entertainment right off the bat. Hey, here's the experience. Whoever's idea that was to move the bounce house and all the stuff I want to do like a seven-year-old that I still do but didn't have time today, um, look, it's right out in front. Like you get out of shopping – blowing your wide of money, and then you got the bounce house right in front of you, all that stuff. And, like, that's cool. Like, it was, like, really, like, a cool experience. Like it, I thought walking in, it was very up-tempo. The practice was very interesting. I did not melt. I really liked the time of it because it seemed like you almost got more of, like, a diehard feel instead of a it's-something-to-do feel, the 7 o'clock crowd, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're... I would get so irritated I could never find a spot to sit, where for some reason opening day at camp, I find a spot to sit. I don't understand. With room around me. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It's a different atmosphere around. Um, you know, actually, I was walking down the um, walking down the media row, and um, and Brandon, Brandon Bean was actually right there with me, and me, him, and Brand, uh, Riley, the rookie receiver, um, all three of us were walking together and, and they were commenting on how much they love Fisher, the setup, how beautiful the facilities are. Um, so it was really cool to get a player, a GM and myself. We were able to like kind of from three different perspectives, talk about, you know, the camp setup and you know, how, how it's going now. So um, it, it was really cool to have different inputs there. And um, it, it was a great experience for um, us to hear. Like, so now I can display like kind of what, a player thinks I can tell you what our general manager thinks and I can tell you what I thought as a media member um kind of about the practices so that's wow how was uh you know I have to put you on spot but how was Brandon Bean was he a cool guy yeah he was a cool dude actually I was I was talking with uh Brandon Riley our um rookie receiver undrafted free agent and you know just asking him to shoot in it and just talking about different things and you know Brandon Bean walks I didn't know it was him at first and he just starts talking to us and just small talk. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's Brandon Bean. So, um, that Brandon Bean spent like a minute talking to like a low level media guy like myself and a, you know, a guy like Riley, who's like one of the players on the roster. He took time out of his day to kind of interact and talk with us about, uh, different things. So he, he was a real cool dude. Like he looked like an athletic trainer. He's in great shape. Um, he was ready for camp. He wasn't in like a suit and tie, like a stuffy suit and tie. Um, you know, he, he, 
it, it was a cool interaction that, you know, that I can, you know, always, you know, remember. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome, man. Like, I like to hear stories like that. Like, um, I don't know. I've always, this all sound weird. I've always wanted to meet like, uh, I've always wanted to meet like Chan Gailey. Cause he just seems like a good dude, you know? Chan Gailey. Yeah. No, he's, 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 he, he seemed, yeah, definitely. I don't have anything bad to say about Chan Gailey. He was also a very good offensive coach. So I have nothing bad to say about him personally. So, um, what's from well and whatever he's doing, but you know, camp today was great. I got to see a lot of different things. Our offensive line's doing a lot of different combo coverages, or excuse me, a lot of different combo mix and matches in terms of. What was the offensive line lineup? It was interesting, man. Like Chantrell Henderson was getting time in at left tackle. He was getting time in at left guard. Um, he's basically with the second unit through and through. He's not going to be forgotten with this coaching staff. Good. Um, that's my dude, man. I love Chantrell. I thought, oh, and- I, I, get me all the weed guys out of Miami. Whatever right. you want. Like, Bring them all. Is that where he played Miami? Was that Miami? Yep, he was. At this point, you know, he's pretty much going to make our roster after his five remaining five-game suspension. So um, so then you had, you know, your typical offensive line, as everyone would expect it, did start at right tackle today. Um, who started with, Who You broke up. Who started right tackle? Uh, Jordan Mills. Okay. Um, and then next to him was John Miller. Um, then, you know, Eric Wood. Then obviously Richie Incognito, and then um, then you had um, a, a rotational switch a left tackle. You know you had Cordy Glenn in there. I saw Sean Charles Henderson in there. Deion Dawkins. So they have a lot of different mix and match going on, and um, very interesting. And then the second offensive line had Sean Trell. It had Ryan Groy. Um, you know you had uh, Jordan Mills and Deion Dawkins swapping in there. So. You had you had a lot of different you know you know mix and match going on. Cam Jefferson. I mean, you had a, you had a few things, uh, different looks. So okay, it's a very, so it's a strong unit. The offensive line's a strong unit. Okay, so what about Ducasse? Yeah, Ducasse was just rock solid on the second unit as well. Uh, forgot to mention him. He was pretty much a stalwart on that second now do, do you buy the narrative that there was a competition with him and miller at right guard i i don't buy it um i actually saw that mix and match a little bit on the first team uh, miller was in with the second unit a little bit just maybe just to get more reps but i don't see the competition but i do think that um Dukas is firmly at least at this moment on the team so i do think he's okay your your, your seventh offensive lineman um, between him and Groy, then obviously you have Chantrell, um, Jordan Mills, Deion Dawkins. So you have you have a you have a good unit of, of nine right there. Now, what about um, receivers? Um, I'd like to jump over to receivers. Um, sure, yeah. Um, number two receiver was a big no-no today for me, uh, uh, and that was Andre Holmes pretty much playing exclusively as our number two receiver. Didn't really sub. No one else really subbed in there, so. That was a really big note. Brandon Tate was getting second team reps behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Tate, Zay Jones, Rashad Ross, um, Philly Brown was in there. Uh, another guy I really, really liked is Dakeel Shorts. I know Eric. Catches everything couple, Shorts. Yeah, I was looking forward to hearing about him. Made a couple of good catches I saw over the middle, and then he made a big play toward my sideline on the left side of the field. Um, so he's going to push. He's definitely going to make our practice squad. He's going to push to make our roster, though. So it'll be interesting to see. 
um, how that shapes up. But, you know, not too much of Des Lewis, not too much of Jeremy Butler. Um, Rod Streeter made a catch down the right sideline at one point. Yeah, I, was, I think I saw that. But, you know, not not too much, a lot, lot less with the veterans. But it was weird that we were putting a little precedent to see Brandon Tate and Rashad Ross, who are two returners. We were giving them a lot of time at receiver, too. So. I'm a, dude, I don't know what it is, man. Like, I, I believe that players need an opportunity. Example, people like to – it's almost like people would like to take a dump on Marquise Goodwin just because he was hurt for so long. And it's like – the dude quietly had a very good year. Like, I'm sorry. No, he, he the guy was okay. in the, the guy was in the right spot at the right time, I thought, for the most part. Like, I don't yeah, he, know. Me am I am I out of my mind? And I think I think you're right for the most part, Dave, but there is something to be said for someone like Marquise who can literally never be on the field. Yeah, um, but dude, last year he had a concussion and when you gave him opportunity, I thought he made the most of it. What I'm trying to say here is I, I think the receiver position it, it, it's like that, and, and you got to give these guys opportunity, and I don't think that Brandon Tate's really got a true opportunity because you hear things from Donald Jones saying, like, you know, when he was on the Patriots and I was playing special teams and he's running at you on, on returns, he, he's tough. He's literally knocking me hard. Like, that says something about that guy. It kind of makes you think, man, why can't you get the ball to that guy in space and let him do his thing? You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm hoping to see with him getting opportunities. I want that durable slot like receiver. You know what I mean? Can he? I don't know anything about him. Like, can he run good routes? Like, what's his deal? Like, why can't can he possibly progress? You know what I mean? Brandon Tate's actually played pretty well in Cincinnati at one point in his career. So um, I definitely think that there is room for him to increase his skill set though i think the difference between brandon tate and a couple others was he has had some opportunity in his career maybe not yet in buffalo but he has had some opportunity throughout um his time to play receiver so um okay so andre holmes was going up after a ball and went down and then he was just kind of sucked himself out did he check out do you know I thought I saw him go back in, but I could be wrong. Okay, I think he did too. He was like standing by the receivers, and it was nothing huge. But um, no, he just fell on the ball. Looked like got the wind knocked out of him at, at worst. I think that was like literally the only dust up I saw all day. Now, what about um? Is there anything glaring to you? Uh, I I thought I, I was shocked about the Cardell Jones things, but not not shocked because honestly, when you watch TJ Yates, it seemed like the ball was going to the right spot at the right time. And uh, it looked like they were playing a, a zone defense a lot. And it seemed like where the routes lined up, you know, the time. It just seemed like TJ Yates has a system down, like the back of his hand. It didn't seem like these guys were lost. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, TJ, TJ Yates looked pretty much in place today. Um, he was actually something Nate and I were talking about live was he was looking like he wasn't getting snaps. He dropped a snap. He also was getting the ball out of his hand really weirdly. So um, outside of having a few of those snap issues and um, he did look like he had command of the offense and knew exactly what the plays would be called. He is just limited in some of his skill sets. Um, Nathan Peterman, who I'm going to put up a soundbite in later on tonight, um, basically, you know, said the same thing. He has a lot of accuracy. He knows where he's going and he runs a smart offense, but, um, you know, he still needs to learn how to, to throw those out routes as he, um, almost got to kill shorts killed on a out pattern that to kill shorts came up with <clears throat> that almost turned into a pick six. 
Well, I guess now's the time to learn. That's right. Yeah, you have to learn it. It kind of reminded me of Trent Edwards a little bit with um, having a little uh, limited of an arm on those out patterns and um, being having a smart command of the offense. But um, this was day one for him rather than, you know, five years down the road. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, see what happens with Nate Peterman and TJ Yates. But um, I don't know. I really wanted to see Cardale Jones more. I really like that guy. Um, but yeah, I think he was, he was the old regimes pick. It, it was easy to see that. Like I said, in my live show yesterday, I cover one, um, why they did it. It wasn't their player. He was awful in OTAs. Um, Anthony Lynn, his ex coach really wanted to take a flyer on him. And, and one of the things I said was, what does it hurt you to keep him on your roster and then potentially have him earn himself more of a return when he played better this, this off season, but they didn't even want to take the risk with that. They just kind of said, you know what, we'll take our seventh round pick this year. Um, and we'll take it rather than potentially having to cut him. To me, I think cutting him wouldn't have mattered. I would have loved to play him and see what you had in him and either kept him or earned like a fifth round pick. I think they fell in love with Peterman. Yeah, no, they, you know, Peterman's their developmental guy. He was hand chosen. Um, you know, he's, you know, Denison's player um, through and through. So, and plus, isn't it like, uh, can't they maybe acquire Trevor Simeon or something? Or were they talking about that? Yeah, that was realistic at one point. You know, definitely probably was up before they signed TJ. Like, Yates, I would but... take him over TJ Yates at the same time. It doesn't matter. And, like, I don't know who has a better record. So, I mean, I would take him over Peterman, you know, obviously. So, I uh, would take Trevor Simeon over, um, over TJ Yates for sure. Would you? Yeah. Okay. Yep, for sure. I would give up a pick for it too. So I definitely would. I think that he's a pick better than TJ Yates. Right, right. Um, so what what other notes did you have? How did the defensive backs look? How was, how was the communication? Um, the, the, communica- the communication looked awesome. One of the things I do have jotted down here was how strong the DBs looked. Um for uh this defense like they're flying around the ball uh darby was shadowing you know sammy all day and had really great coverage on him um yeah dude they were sticking deal they were sticking to sammy today yeah they were they were making a point to not to have that be a thing anymore where he's not getting targets sammy Watkins is on is in line for 100 plus targets this year and he's going to play him way himself if he stays healthy he's going to play himself into a huge contract but the defensive backs, back to your initial question, uh, is interesting. Micah Hyde was playing a little more of a center field position. Behind him was Trey Elston, the safety. Um, and then at more of your strong position was Jordan Poyer um, coming down in the box. And then uh, Bakari Rampo. So you had a, you had a good mix of, of safeties. Now, um, the safeties in this defense, um, would you know, how are they going to defer from each other? Is it pretty much a flat position or is it really a true free safety or strong safety? Like, is it going to matter or is it more like a rotation or a committee, you know, be a little bit of a rotation, but it might be more of a flat where you do have a free and you do have a strong from what I interpreted today. We'll see how it develops throughout the next couple of days. But to me, it looked like you do have a defined free safety and a defined strong safety. Okay. Um, all right, well, anything else that you have from camp? I mean, reporting here from uh, Grandstand Sports Network is Kevin, uh, I'm not going to pronounce your last name. Misery. Misery. So, uh, yeah. Um, anything else from camp? I would say 
Shady was looking good as always. I would say they were using their fullbacks a lot um, out and pass to not just run, run block. Um, did a lot of special teams work. I think your special teams units will get better. Hauschka looked on compared to Carpenter. Um, Austin Recco behind him, our free agent kicker punter, has a shot to beat out uh, Colton Schmidt at the punter position. Um, and I do think they have a lot of mix and match going on in kick and punt return. So I, I do think you'll see an increase in special teams. I think you'll see an increase in defense. Where the offense will go, that's the question I still have. I think it's gonna be just fine, man. Like, come on, I I, I don't I don't buy that so, you don't target Rick Dennison. He's a free agent guy. You bring him in, he's already worked with Tyrod. You know, at least somebody reached out to somebody. Well, then if if you're saying the offense is fine, and I'm saying the special teams and defense will be fine, then you know that has the makings of at least a nine and seven season, based on my. It, it, it's roster. like when you look at how they lost games this last year and how close they still were, even though people want to say they're really that close, but they forget that that scenario that, that they needed the last week, I think actually didn't happen. So like right. you can't put stock into that, but there's usually about like three buffoon games early, like top first 10 games of a bill season out of 16. And I'm just like, damn it. Like really, that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen, and it, it, it's like like a, a duh mistake, you know, not like a. And everybody has mental errors; it's gonna happen. But there's right. errors from not being prepared, and there's errors from you know just having it happen because it's probability, you know. Right. So it's like correctable errors, like correctable mistakes, you know, and it's like. A lot of it comes down to coaching. So For sure. I just trust that you we're seeing this defense. Man. Number one concern I had was, do we have the personnel to fly like Carolina's defense? Well, if you're saying it looks fast and I'm saying it looks fast, I think it looks fast. So that's something within the technique of the defense that is working. Right. So, I'm with you, man. I think, I think there's a lot of good notes to take out of today, and I think that the – um, the one can, I can say with flying colors would be that the defense is going to improve from last year. Um, you know, the mess of a scenario with not being able to stop Jay Ajay at any point. Um, I don't think you'll see that anymore. You, you, you started to see different players swarm to the ball. Um, and just, just the positioning and just the mentality is different. So I, once again, we'll see where the offense goes, but I can say with a certainty that I do with the way that the defense is now and the healthy pieces you have Raglan healthy, a check loss and healthy. You have Micah Hyde, who was better than both the safeties on the field last year. Um, you have Trey White, um, who shouldn't be much of a downgrade from Stefan Gilmore. You have a potentially better looking Darby. Um, you also have Gerald Hodges, um, Lorenzo Alexander. You have some, some of the same pieces there um, with him and Preston Brown. Um, Kyle Williams is back. I mean, I, Marcel Darius is focused. I, I, I cannot, I, I see a top 10 defense. I, I just, again, you just got to clean up the mistakes. You got to put the players in the right position. Stop. I'm short, uh, Italian guy. I can't jump too high. I'm not jamming the ball. Don't put me there. You know what I mean? Phil Jackson would never put me in that position. So don't do it. You know, like. I'm not a center. I'm with you. You know, like, come on. I, and, and I think that's really it is 
these coaches, they talk crap about their systems, and it's like, just work with what we got here. Come on. You're going to get yeah, the credit either I, way. Why don't you just build a better mousetrap, dude? Like, come on. Like, that's all I want to see is stop overthinking it. Um, so, all right, dude, I'll let you go, and I'll just let you wrap up. Where can we find you on Twitter? What do we got going on here? We have constant coverage. You're going to hear from either Kevin or me or uh, Drew Gear from Rockwell Report. Who else might be down there as well? Um, we have – I think the only other person would be Nate Geary would also be down there okay. as well. Okay. Um, with us so it'll be that and then you'll hear more from eric turner on a uh off-site basis kind of putting things together putting our pieces of information together and going from there hell yeah man well kevin where can we find you on twitter dude yeah you can as always once again you can find me at kevin Masseri um and at cover one bills so um do you have an email address do you want to take uh i mean you're a taken man so you can't do any love letters but (laughs) <laughs> do, you, do you do email or not really? Um, sure. Yeah. Why not? I mean, if you have any questions and you can't reach to me on Twitter, definitely send an email to Kevin at Q as in Queen C M N Y dot com. That was so cool, man. I don't know why you did that, but cool. You're a good sport. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, Kevin, thanks, man. Um, I'll just let you go, and uh, I'll just shoot you a text or something. So. All right, man. Look forward to seeing this up later tonight, and um, we'll see you at camp soon. All right, man. Take care, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, take care. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, so that's Kevin. I love Kevin. Kevin's a good dude. You know, it's one of the very few out there today that had khaki pants on, top to bottom. Because we're not wearing shorts at Grandstand Sports Network. Not doing it. We're pros. So, I can't wait to get khaki pants. I actually have khaki pants, and then I cut them into shorts because that's, you know, the look I like to roll with, especially when you get it from Goodwill because it's fun. And they are giving me press credentials. Like, what's... I feel like I'm living in idiocracy sometimes. Is this, like, for real... If you found this podcast, I'm shoving a hot dog in my face at Coney Island and at Daniels. And that guy is going to be at a press conference and maybe ask Sean McDermott a question if I have a good one, which I will, because I take this serious. I could send you pictures of my notepad. Yeah, I might joke a little bit, a little JKing, but chill out. Very serious dude, but the Bills. But um, thank you for listening. Get on numbillsfan.com. You want to support the podcast, go to the link with the shirt. Pick yourself up a shirt. Um, limited sizes available. Has some stuff coming up um, that I will be creating that I got in contact with my dude to make. So have some stuff coming up on the Etsy store. So please just click through if you want to support and do that. Subscribe to the podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, just tell your friends. The whole my whole mission statement is really just authentic sports talk and NFL talk. And really, I'm always going to do an exclusive Buffalo Bills podcast for at least two weeks about the Bills during the season. That's just how it goes. And then there will be probably one about the NFL. My friend Sean Timmerman, who's going to be on very soon. Uh, Tim Avery will be back very soon to talk more Bills stuff. Uh, I got a couple other guests lined up that I'm pretty stoked on. We got Del Reed 
from the Bills Mafia coming on. Ran into him today at training camp, and that was awesome. Just walking by, we kind of gave each other, like, the double look. Like, hey, man. Hey, man. Oh, oh, dude. Oh, hugs, not drugs. I gave him a hug. And that's, like, a great human being. I like good human beings. And he runs 26 shirts. He's a good dude. And he's just somebody you won't hear a bad thing about. And he's a starter of Bill's Mafia. I mean, it's crazy. It's just so crazy because I got on Twitter during the Terrell Owen days, Chad Ochocinco days, just like I was like a little egg. And those are like my early follows. I mean, there's like a bunch of people. And some of those people became media members. And, you know, Kevin was somebody who was a younger kid up on the boards and stuff. And, and I used to just always be in Buffalo rumbling. So to finally, like, I don't know, be in a position to ask a question, it's, like, really weird. I don't know. Very humbling, but uh, pretty stoked. Like, really, really stoked. Because it's an opportunity to spread a not, not a positive message, but more of an objective what the hell is really going on with the team? Because I don't think it's that bad, which is the truth. And I just would love to spread some kind of objective media because trends are going to go a certain way. Well, people are sick of the bullshit. And if you're listening to this, thank you for listening. Um, you could tune in to me, find, you know, find me on Twitter at numbillsfan on Instagram at numbillsfan. Um, my personal is David J. Palermo. Hit me up on Facebook. Also, we're out on Facebook. And I will periodically have podcasts almost, I don't want to say daily, but just keep refreshing your feeds. Please subscribe on iTunes. If you like what you hear, just tell your friends. It might not seem like much, but do it. You want to rate us? That's even better. Um, but just tell your friends about it. And um, I just try to have some good people on who can talk well and know what the hell they're talking about. And we have some good guests coming up. So it should be like a really fun season. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have Nick from the Red Pencil Tailgate come on. And uh, it should be awesome. to find out what, what that tailgate's all about. So this party spot for you if you want to get wild during the season, where to go, where to park, all that crap. Uh, don't forget GrandSandSportsNetwork.com. Talked about that forever. Find them on Twitter, Instagram as well, Facebook. Shoot them a follow. Thank you to them for making this happen. Like a lot of people talk about what they're going to do and these people just show up and do it. I cannot be more grateful about it. So thank you. And also don't forget punchdrunksports.com. Get your ass on Netflix. Check out Ari Shafir's special double negative. Go check out San Tripoli's album up on iTunes, his comedy album. Totally forgot what it's called. Sorry, dog. And then follow Jason Tebow on Twitter. And he does some fun shit. I don't know. He's just really funny. Good podcast. Punch Drunk Sports at Punch Drunk on Twitter. PunchDrunkSports.com. And I am David Palermo, your host of this thing. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for all the positive feedback. And I'll be back very soon. I cannot wait to get my ass to camp. Like, dead serious. Um, I just don't know what footwear I want to wear. Probably going to go Air Max 90s. They're classic. Um, and they're probably the best Nike shoe ever made. You want to argue with that? We could do that. Oh, yo, I got this dude, King Shufin, coming on or something. Is that his name? Yeah, on, on Instagram. This dude, he, like, paints shoes. I don't know what he does. He does something cool with shoes. I like shoes. All right, take care. Numbillsfan.com. Check it out. Tell your friends, tell your family, and uh, good night. <laughs>